We might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. I could talk about this for hours. He was my legend. He was my quarterback one. Taysom Hill, forever in my heart. We have a kind of a reputation of being the young, the young diehard fans. How was that, Dr. Pepper Taysom? Amazing. Hey, good. Let's keep it over 25 minutes, all right? How's it going, everybody? This is Joey here at the Underage Packers Podcast. Welcome to episode 111. We welcome you here for a special Bears Week episode on this great podcast. Big B, thanks for showing up again. Oh, yeah. My pleasure. You know, nice to be back. Yep. May the time. You've been a guest on every single one of my episodes. It's really incredible. That's got to be a record, I think. I, I think so. Um, but today, uh, me and my guest, my co-host, will be talking about the Bears game that we got coming up. Should be an interesting one. Hopefully, the Packers are able to get back on track after a rough loss in Minnesota. So we'll also be doing a little bit of a, you know, after review, after we've had a little bit of time to get through the motion of it, um, give our thoughts on that game, uh, and then we'll move into Bears week. And then stay tuned to the end of the show for two reasons. Number one, to hear Big B's Random Game of the Week, our new segment where we bring up random games from the past decade of Green Bay Packers football. So that's going to be fun. And also stay tuned to the very end to watch a video of 11-year-old me prancing around oh, to God. the Bears still suck. Why do you say, oh, God, like you don't take a lot of enjoyment from that video? That thing wakes me up in the middle of the night sometimes. Like I have dreams about that video. And it scares me. It scares you? Yes, I, I think it's terrifying. Well, that was not – the goal was to scare Bears fans. But, <laughs> um, hey, man, if it scares you too, then that's, that's whatever. So, yeah, you'll, you'll want to stick around for the end of that. Well, let's head right into it with our after further review of this Minnesota game. You know, obviously the thing that everybody has been talking about all week is Justin Jefferson and his performance. I need to pull up the stats here. I know he had um, at one point in the game, it was right after halftime. He had like six receptions for like 150 yards. So just an insane average. He only had nine receptions. So it's like, oh, you know, they must have done a decent job at containing him. But nine receptions going for 184 yards, an average of 20.4 yards per reception, two touchdowns. Unbelievable. Yes. How many pass – did Aaron Rodgers even have 294 – or, I'm sorry, 184 passing yards? I think he had around 200. Let's see. Oh, I think. 195. Unbelievable. That is absurd. Yeah. Um, so, you know, everybody's been dissecting this, this lack of a plan from the Packers defense. And it's, it was really hard to watch. Obviously Joe Barry got up on the press for today and he said that the reason that Jair wasn't covering him all game was because of the, the motion of Jefferson in the backfield, which they apparently said was too much of, of a threat to have just man coverage because then you know he gets lost in translation with the motion and then he gets ends up getting passed off to a Shamar John Charles or a Keyshawn Nixon and that wouldn't go well 
So they instead play zone for a majority of the game, and that goes even worse. Mm-hmm. So I just I don't know. I I get what the idea is and the fear is of having Jefferson go in motion and you know having what the Packers were able to do last year with Devontae Adams and just move him all all around the field. But I just cannot believe the number one plan was like put Jair Alexander on Jefferson Jefferson, no matter what, no matter what it's bizarre to me. And a few times that Jair was directly on Jefferson, you know, he had the offensive pass interference he caused. Yeah. The pass breakup and the other time was an incompletion. So just weird to me. Don't, can't understand the plan there yeah but I I will give Green Bay credit they did do a better job um at least trying to contain him in the second half like he didn't get that many more catches and three more catches in the second half and I think the defense as a whole played better the second half and really adjusted yeah I'd agree um really still hoping for a better whole performance from this defense in this upcoming game um on the offensive line, um, offensive side of the ball, offensive line obviously did not hold up, made it really tough for Aaron. But also, like we said in our initial review of the game, like Aaron, Matt, you knew this was going to be the case going into this game. I don't know if you know they just found out the injury status of Bakhtiari and Elton just a few days before the game, but they knew this was going to be the case that they were going to be going out there with Josh Nyman and Royce Newman as their starting offensive tackles. They knew that Zadarius Smith was going to be matched up with guys like Jake Hansen for a majority of the game. So, you know, that's in and enough. That's that sucks. But then the fact that Aaron Rodgers tries to play hero ball reverts back to his 2018, 2019 style of play it's just so incredibly frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I, I don't, you know, buy into the people who throw out there his body language. You know, you could obviously tell that he was mad, but a lot of people try to take a lot away from that. I don't, but I do definitely think after the Christian Watson drop, you know, some people would say it was a change in attitude from here. And I definitely think that is true, but also just the fact I think after that drop and after they went down by a possession or two, Aaron really tried to play hero ball. And I don't understand, you know, looking at the first drive of the second half where the Packers get the ball back, you have two great runs with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And then the next play, you know, who knows what happens if it's fully developed, but Aaron fumbles the snap. I, I don't, I don't understand it. Incredibly frustrating offensive and defensive game plan from the Packers coaching staff. And even um, Stenovich said in his um, presser today, something like, you know, they wanted to run the ball more, but they're at a point in the game where like they were. Oh, baloney. Baloney. Come on. Like you can run the ball more. Like the whole purpose of passing is to intertwine them too. Yes. You understand? Like you understand? Oh no, they've. They've lost the Nathaniel Hackett, Mary the Pass with the run. What, what's going on here? I, I love, I love Stenovich. You know, we're boys and everything, but like, you could sure. run the ball a little bit more in the second half than two times. Yeah, sure. If we're talking about 
the last half of the last quarter. Yeah, like that's but, understandable. But in the but, third quarter, yeah, Aaron Jones only getting eight carries is unacceptable. Yeah, and that was uh, a sentiment echoed by Matt Lafleur after the game. And a lot of people have pointed out in Matt Lafleur's now ten regular season loss or eleven regular season losses. Um, you know, every time, just reading from what he says, he always starts off press conference right off the bat with, I take full responsibility for this. Uh, and me and my coaching staff have got to do a better job to put our players in a position to succeed. And he says that every time. And, he, he, you know, in games like this, he says something to the effect that Aaron Jones needs more carries. But, I mean, with Aaron Jones needing more carries, him saying that, it's like, hey, man, you're the one deciding that. And also, like – something has to change in these games. Like, it's great to hear you take accountability. But when the your losses kind of follow the same track every time, something's, you know, something's got to give. Something's got to change. And, you know, he's obviously hasn't not, has not had many losses in his career this far. But, you know, something's got to change because, you know, there's a lot of similarities between his losses, you know, with week one, um, being a part of it, just simply looking unprepared, being part of it, and then not being able to do anything on offense once you're down by a possession or two, something's got to change in these games. Yeah, I was, I was going to say the same exact thing. Okay, that's all we have on that Minnesota game. Packers are now, I, I believe I saw two and five at U.S. Bank Stadium. That's right. I mean – and the fact that I can remember the two games they won there being uh, the one that won the North in 2019, that was a great game. And then week one of 2020, which 20, those two of those games are some of my favorites um, mm-hmm. in recent memory. So got to make more of those memories at U.S. Bank Stadium. Um, now on to this week, looking at the Bears, one thing I wanted to bring up um, that Aaron Rodgers said at his press conference yesterday on Wednesday um, was his comment about Amari Rogers? Um, our buddy Kyle Malzahn asked him, you know, just what he thinks Rogers' use or Amari's use in this offense can be, what he thinks of him as a player this season. And Rogers had a pretty blunt answer and just said, um, he's a returner for us now. That's all I got on that. Which isn't too, uh, isn't what you want to hear from the starting quarterback about a receiver and especially Aaron Rodgers, who values he is very conscientious of what he says about his teammates in the media. He's not going to throw them under the bus. Um, so to hear him say that about Amari instead of, you know, even I don't think he would have lied. I don't think Aaron could make himself do that, but um, you know, I, I like just not saying Anything positive about him is bizarre to me. Um, But knowing Aaron, I tweeted this out, knowing Aaron, he, you know, he's going to call this a media overreaction next week and act like, you know, all of his words were misconstrued. But uh, I mean, come on. I I don't know how you can look at that and uh, not at at least say like there is no meaning behind it. I think the other possibility is just his matter of fact tone that he gets with the media a lot of why are you asking me that? I'm not the head coach. Why are you asking me about a wide receiver's usage? 
but I think the former is much more likely. Yes. Which is really confusing for me. I, I tweeted this out again. You know, I tweeted it out, you know, Amari Rogers is so confusing to me because he looked great in the preseason. We heard Lafleur and Rogers talk about the camp he was having. And then he goes out there and has zero snaps, zero offensive snaps in week one against Minnesota in a game where they were missing Alan Lazard and had two rookie starters playing their very first game. Like that's, that's concerning. Yes. So hopefully, you know, I'm a big fan of Mari Rogers. I hope he gets on the right track here um, so that we're not looking at uh, him being a free agent after the season. Yes. But I but I mean, like Randall Cobb is here for a reason, of course. And that's the reason why Amari Rogers was drafted was to be the Randall Cobb of the offense. And I just think this thing is getting blown out of proportions by not really by the media, but like everybody else on Twitter is like deep diving too much. This could very easily be like, Hey, Amari, hear what I see, what I said (laughs) in there could play a little bit better. Or it could be directed to Matt LaFleur saying, Hey, Mm. get on the field mm. more of him that's how i took it that's Perfect. that's an interesting outlook yeah like it, it could be it's either a shot at lafleur or a shot at amari like i i think that second one it it plays into a little bit of the you know like a matter of fact tone to the media like why are you asking me that but it's yeah. a it's a different way of looking at it I, that's an interesting take yes um, on to this Bears game now. First off, let, let's talk about the rivalry a little bit. The Packers currently lead the series 103 to 95 over now. So they played their first game. I need to look here back. Uh, 1921 is when the Chicago Staley's played their first match against Curly Lambeau's Green Bay Packers. Uh, the Bears won 20 to nothing. Ooh. That's, oh, ooh. But uh, obviously the tides have changed in that series. It doesn't seem like too long ago though that we were we just overtake took them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, I was just gonna say that like it, like a pretty wide margin now. Like I remember when we were like just past them. Like we got ninety yeah. wins. I'm um, so we've won the past two, three, four, five, six games against them. So we overtook it in twenty seventeen which is kind of crazy. It just tells you like how the bears dominated for that 20 year period between Lombardi and Parf. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we have taken the torch back. Obviously bears have one win since 2016, seven since Aaron Rodgers took over in 2007. And it just seems like bears fans have kind of given up on the rivalry now. And so of NFL fans, I like, I know I saw somebody say like there, why do the, Bears and Packers keep getting Sunday night games. And it's a solid question. Like every, and it's usually the one at Lambeau too. And I think mm-hmm. it's obviously just because of the history of both Lambeau field Packers bears. It's, you know, the historical, not implications, but the historical feelings that you get from that is, is something, but I can definitely see for other NFL fans, like why is this a primetime game when mm-hmm. the Packers have dominated for the past 30 years right um so i get their frustration i love it though i still love you know dunking on bears fans not as much as i love seeing vikings fan sadness now but 
Packers and Bears fans, I think over the past years, have gotten at a good place with each other um, now that it's not competitive competitive at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully we in our lifetimes don't have to witness a period of domination like the Packers have on the Bears right now in an opposite manner. Yes, Really hoping that's the case. And it's pretty crazy. Um, Wes said in um, Unscripted, not the pre- previous one, but the one earlier in the week, like the Packers and Bears played in prime time like the past – 18 years, I think he said. Years, something wow. crazy like that. So that's a nice little tidbit from Mr. West. That is Hopkins. crazy, man. Well, the Bears have the Packers to thank for a lot of their national coverage. Then, yes. like, there is no other reason they'd be in a primetime game for each of the past 18 years if it weren't for Green Bay. Yes, that's crazy. Um. But one thing is for certain, and this was true in the the game at Lambeau last year that we were in, t- in attendance for, is that the Bears will definitely, you know, they'll start off, I wouldn't say hot, but they'll start off warm. And like the first, the first half of the first quarter, right? They'll start off warm then. And then like either Justin Fields will throw a pick or Aaron Rodgers will just start and throw bazookas on them. And then they'll, yeah, Rasul Douglas pick six, you know, either one of those three. And then all of a sudden it's like 28 to three by the end of the second quarter. So like, that's just the typical path of a Chicago Bears game. I remember last year, like midway through the third quarter, um, I was just talking with Kyle Cousineau, just casually chatting with him as they scored a touchdown. And the touchdown from Aaron Jones was really just a, you know, a happy interrupter to our conversation. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, they, they scored again. Now it's 31 to 13, 39 to 13, and it ended with a final score of like 41 to 13. So that, that's just typical Packers-Bears game. Cannot wait for it. Um, actually analyzing the Bears that, you know, this, this does not matter um, because the Bears could have Bill Belichick and – you know, Kyle Shanahan as their offensive and defensive coordinators, and it would not matter. Um, but looking at this game, the Packers are facing another first-year head coach, Matt Eberflus, formerly the defensive coordinator from Indianapolis. Um, he did some really solid things there. Um, he comes from a history of being with Rex Ryan, kind of Mike Pettin too, um, at the Browns and then the Jets. So I don't know much about his system, but we'll be interested to see how he kind of carries along that Bears defense after they were pretty productive with, you know, coming from the era of Vic Fangio being with them. And then who was their last guy? He kind of has a weird last name, Sean Desai, um, who was their defense coordinator last year. You know, Bears have always had very successful defenses. Um, but interested to see how Iberflus, you know, now a defensive-minded coach shifting from – the offensive mastermind in um, Ryan Pace, or no, 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 Matt Nagy. Um, uh, so interesting to see how he does. And then a friend of the show, Luke Getze, has taken over as their offensive coordinator. And that offense is pretty much in his hands now with um, Justin Fields. And, you know, um, Getze does not have much experience directing an offense besides his two-year stint, I believe, at Mississippi State. 
Don't know how successful he was there. Um, I'm sure he took a lot away from his time with McCarthy um, back in uh, the early 2010s when he was our wide receivers coach. I'm sure he took a lot away then. The Bears don't have the personnel, the ideal personnel for McCarthy-style West Coast offense rolling out five wide, um, seeming as they're one of their best offensive weapons is Equinemius St. Brown. Um, but hey, man, I'm, I'm incredibly interested to see what this new era of Bears football looks like. And I'm especially excited for the undoubtable, the inevitable downfall that will happen in maybe two to three years. And then the cycle starts again. Yes. Um, other thoughts on the Bears, really? The only way I can see them getting this game is if they can contain Aaron Rodgers, get him flustered early, put some pressure on this, you know, weak offensive line, at least at very least a young offensive line. And then on offense, you know, utilize the running game in David Montgomery and the young Cleo Herbert. Um, I, I really like those guys as players. And then also Justin Fields, if he can, I don't see him having a 300-yard passing game against this defense. But we saw last year and the year before that how this defense can struggle with mobile quarterbacks at times. Um, so I think that's the pathway for them on offense. Not a heavy passing game, but more so of the running game from both their running backs and also Justin Fields, who I'm excited to see his career downfall as well. Not that I have anything against Justin. Mm-hmm. Um but, well, maybe not a career downfall, but a Mitch Trubisky career path. Really hoping Mitch Trubisky just goes absolutely off over the next five years because that would just prove our hypothesis yes. of the Bears, you know, traumatizing young quarterbacks and ruining them for the rest of their careers. Mm-hmm. And going back to um, Justin Fields running all over the defense, that's why we drafted Quay Walker. Hey! I'm hey! Just I'm just saying. Yep, that is was for mobile quarterbacks and covering tight ends. So Darnell yes. Savage doesn't have to just say that is true. That is yeah. true. Um, which Quay is, looks like that shoulder injury is not going to be serious. Was practicing yesterday, full participation at practice. Looks like he should be good to go. Maybe a little limited in this game, um, but he should be good to go uh, Sunday mm-hmm. night. So that's great. And I, would, and I would expect Ray Wilborn to be elevated from the practice squad for this game. Wow. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't mean to take away from your comment, but I'm like, I, I feel like I just had a Corey Banky moment there. Like, wow, that is incredibly meaningful to me. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's pretty meaningful, but I figured might as well say it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Um, Bigby, any other thoughts you wanted to add on the Bears before we get to our three keys to victory here? Um, yeah, the Bears got a really young secondary, um, very talented secondary as well. Got a nice, a lot of nice young talent on that side of the ball. So Rodgers could take advantage of that young secondary. Hopefully he will and go for like 400 yards. Hopefully. I need a vintage Rodgers versus Bears game. Oh, yeah. All right, now into our three keys to victory against Chicago. Um, number one is showing up to the game. Um, I mean, that's really the only key. Um, getting your jerseys on, getting the pants on, and you're good to go, I think. Yes. Um, Gatorade guy has to make sure to follow that, too. Um, no, okay. First one, 
First key, limiting mental mistakes. Um, Big B, could you elaborate on this one? Yeah, well, I mean, they had a lot of mental mistakes last week. Rogers yeah. even said in his post-game presser, got to clean up the mental mistakes. And, you know, the Watson drop was clearly a mental mistake. A bunch of other things happened, even with Aaron Rodgers, were mental mistakes. Yep. So clean those up, and we should be having a successful day. Okay, number two is getting the run game going early. Uh, definitely agree. Um, let's just see more Aaron Jones, more A.J. Dillon, both in the running game and the passing game. And finally, Bigby, I think key number three is the most important one. Let's hear it. Yes, um, better offensive line performance last week. Yikes, they were getting – well, Jake Hansen was absolutely getting destroyed. <laughs> I had to um, name drop him. Here. Um Got, got to have a better performance, got to pass block better. Run run game, we really didn't see a whole lot of them in the run game since we only ran like 10 times the entire game. But pass blocking is definitely going to be huge to get a victory. Rodgers was clearly flustered multiple times throughout that game. Mm-hmm. That's what we need. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Finally, that that is our Bears game wrap-up, Bears game preview. Uh, we might be live at some point before or at halftime of the game on our Instagram, so make sure you follow us there. We have, like, a certain point of that Instagram live, halftime of the Vikings game. And I'm sure this has more to do with the situation the Packers were in at that time, but we had, like, 100 viewers at that point, and that was absolutely insane to me. So <laughs> appreciate all of you tuning in, whether you were wanting to see our anger or just wanted to share sadness. But that was fun. That was. Yes. Finally, Big B, let's hear your random game of the week. I'm excited for this one because when you brought it up to me, it, it brought up a lot of memories. Yeah. Well, since I am going to the game this Sunday, mm. if you see, come say hi. You know, don't be scared. I'm, I'm, only, I'm only a child, so it's <laughs> um, But my random game of the week was my first ever game I went to was Packers and Chargers in 2015. Got that Demarius Randall last second break, um, breakup or bat away in the red zone to win it. Um, what was the situation in that? Was Because weren't the Chargers like four points down? Like, I think so. Or yeah. either that, they a touchdown would have won it or put it into overtime. It was a big play from Randall. Yes, and it was and it was on fourth down too. So you know, whole stadium was hype. Um, James Starks had an electric day with 112 rushing yards and two total touchdowns on the day, including a 65-yard touchdown, Ooh. which I still remember. Still up there. Don't remember very much from those early games I went to, but I remember that one. And just a random Chargers one is Keenan Allen. Just absolutely went off. Felt like he had like 30 receptions that game. He had 14 receptions for 157 yards. Great game to be at. Wore the throwbacks as well, which even made mm. the game even more beautiful. Were they still wearing the the brown helmets at that point? Or were they they were yellow, mm. right? They were the yellow ones. That was the okay. I got you. That makes it even more better. Oh yeah. Uh was quite a game. Let us know if you remember that game in the comments down below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're watching on Spotify or anywhere else. We'd appreciate it if you give us a good review or a bad review, I guess. Um, you know, be honest in your reviews. Yeah. Um, but other than that, that's all we have for you on this lovely 
Chicago Bears week. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on all the other places you can find us. And we'll talk to you later. Go Pack Go. And the Bears still suck. Hi, Bears fans. I just wanted to let you know I had a phenomenal time watching the playoffs on the couch, including watching you lose. And uh, But luckily for you, I saved a warm seat for you. So come along and join. Crazy. Upright. Crossbar. Oh, it just depended on which... Must we take this disgrace? Another Bears fan throwing insults in our face. The Packers are the greatest team to ever play the game. Even if from time to time they've been a little lame. How could you ever love a team with Jim McMahon? Not even Porky Pig was as big a him. They got a reputation that's mostly based on luck. The Bears still suck. The Bears still suck. The bears still suck, the bears still suck, the bears still suck.